This is the journey of a woman whose humanitarian detour in the outlying desert of Bolivia ultimately led her to the United Nations Foundation, corporate boardroom, and tech entrepreneurship. Along the way, her personal network propelled her forward, and now she's helping some of the most marginalized entrepreneurs do the same for themselves. I do believe your network is your greatest asset over the life of your career, and that you have no idea when and where that network might serve you. I was in the public sector, I've been in private, I've been in government. You know, some people want to step into public service for a while, which is great. But when you do that, you're not in that traditional climbing of the ladder, right? So to me, your network is that ladder. I'm Chad Grills, founder and CEO of Mission.org, your number one source for accelerated learning. Building a successful, profitable, and growing business is not easy. Trust me, I know. And one of the key things that has helped me through the ups and downs is learning from the best entrepreneurs in the world. Welcome to the journey. The old adage, it's not what you know, but who you know, has some truth to it. Knowing the right people at the right time can open doors of opportunity that would never be there otherwise. But most people with amazing connections didn't start out that way. They weren't necessarily born with powerful friends. They had to learn how to forge meaningful relationships, sometimes in surprising ways. I grew up on a horse and cattle ranch uh, in Texas, South Texas. I got really into competitive riding, rodeo, equestrian. What's amazing about horses is they're just so huge and so much power and the fact that you can develop a relationship a trust and a control is pretty powerful and the second you don't pay attention you're going to have a problem is the other side there's smart ones there's not smart ones there's mean ones there's soft ones horses are a lot like people meet elizabeth gore her ability to earn trust isn't just with horses while studying animal sciences at texas a&m university Elizabeth had the rare chance to work with former U.S. President George Herbert Walker Bush. As a receptionist, she wasn't exactly chief of staff, but that didn't stop her from making the most of her position. I had the great fortune to meet some pretty amazing people, but, but in short spurts. I worked for former President Bush 41 for a while at his front desk, not any big highfalutin job at Texas A&M when they were building their library. but. I met a lot of people walking through that front door and ended up giving me the opportunity to get a master's and move to D.C. with the Points Light Foundation. After that, she joined a nonprofit in Washington, D.C., organizing volunteer efforts around the country. Her career was moving ahead, and she was helping people in a meaningful way. But she wasn't satisfied in the comfortable confines of a D.C. office. So she chose to follow an inconvenient goal. What started as a career detour turned into a chance to strengthen those professional connections. I ended up joining the Peace Corps and everyone thought I was crazy for going overseas when I really had a nice kind of fast-paced career in D.C., but it was a goal of mine. But I ended up writing prolific letters um, back to all these contacts. A, there's not a lot to do in the Peace Corps every day. This is pre-email, cell phone being common. You know, I did keep in contact and I think it was maybe a little bit unique that These executives were getting a a physical letter in the mail from someone in the middle of the bush, right? One of those people she met and stayed in contact with was Kathy Calvin, head of the philanthropic arm of AOL Time Warner. Writing those letters would soon prove to be time well spent. When I did get back, I was shocked to see that Kathy was at the United Nations Foundation supporting the UN. 
and Paul through the front desk. I went in to get advice from her, not to necessarily work with the UN. I didn't think I was qualified for the UN. And then uh, I was there nine years. And she, Kathy, continued to be my mentor and still is, frankly, through that whole process. Your network also, you need to think about how to give back to it, right? So, you know, I have now proud to say that I have supported her in a lot of her efforts with my contacts and so on. So make sure it's not a one-way relationship. With her move to the UN Foundation, Elizabeth continued her personal mission of helping the underserved across the globe. It's the same mission that prompted media mogul Ted Turner to launch the UN Foundation with a billion-dollar donation. While there, Elizabeth developed programs and partnerships to help entrepreneurs of all kinds. So entrepreneurs and very small micro-business and refugee camps all the way up to G20 entrepreneurs like, like a mayor, a Zuckerberg, or a Musk. When we come back, we'll learn how Elizabeth went from entrepreneurship advocate to startup founder. The journey is sponsored by our friends at Salesforce Essentials. We use Salesforce Essentials every day, and it's part of our own business journey. Essentials combines sales and service tools in a single app to help small businesses win customers and keep them happy. See how Salesforce Essentials can help you be your best business at salesforce.com slash the journey. After nine years with the United Nations Foundation, Elizabeth could have easily stepped away from her professional work holding her head high. She had spearheaded countless initiatives, she'd touched millions of lives, and empowered many of the most remote small business owners. When a new opportunity came her way, she tried to turn it down. But the person presenting the opportunity was tech titan Michael Dell. At the time, Dell was going from public to private, which really surprised people, and it, it was going to allow him and the company to make bold investments in different types of infrastructure, accelerators, anything bolstering small business. So it was the most shocking phone call that I got Would I come over as their second entrepreneur residence. I was moving at the time. I had also just found out that I was pregnant. And I, I, I called him back and just said, I don't think I can do this. You know, we're moving across the country. Uh, I'm pregnant. And they called back and said, we want you to take the job. We'll hold it for you. Take your maternity leave. Their values were so impressive to me. My job was to look across the globe and figure out both how to advocate for small business owners with different governments, but also where we should we be putting as Dell our time, resources, and technology to bolster small business. From her Peace Corps service in Bolivia, to her years with the United Nations Foundation, to her position at Dell, Elizabeth has had one common thread throughout all of her work. That's helping entrepreneurs of every background gain access to the networks and resources they need to succeed, sustain, and in doing so, help others. After 15 years of working inside those large institutions, Elizabeth decided it was time. She needed to make a leap into the tech startup world. At first, she wasn't sure what business she wanted to start. And then Elizabeth met Carolyn. Ironically, she is Bolivian, where I was in the Peace Corps, uh, even though we did not meet there. But she's a three-time-over Latina entrepreneur who really felt like she learned in her first company, which failed, that she needed to be networked in a stronger way to get access to capital, everything she needed. So when she did that, her second business was very successful. And uh, we were sitting in a tent and she started talking about the, this whole notion of the opportunity around the lack of access 
to women and people of color. And I was like, I don't understand that. And she said, well, if women are only getting 2% of venture capital, to me, that's a 98% opportunity to jump into that industry because you know they're going to be successful. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Looking at the upside of this, a few months later, we were in a coffee shop in New York. She presented the whole thing. And before my coffee drained to the bottom, I said, I want to half the company. I do recommend to anyone starting a business to work really hard to get a co-founder. You know, I think it helps you as an individual. It helps the business. There's no way one human can be good at everything. Along with a supportive family and strong co-founder, she knew there was a vast number of startup founders just like her who she could help on their journey. We had really overtly built out for women, by women, marketed as such. But we realized it was men of color, veterans, men who are in smaller towns. So we actually went back to the drawing board and realized um, that there are these barriers that are pretty systemic and they're patterns. So we rebuilt Alice to really figure out how to network individuals. Over 70% of jobs in the United States are from small business owners. While our corporations are really important, small business owners are the biggest job creators. If you start getting out of major metropolitan areas, that number can go up to as high as 90%. Globally, 91% of jobs are from small business owners. So they are truly the backbone of our economy. The other thing that's very exciting right now, and this blows my mind, 543,000 businesses a month are launching in the U.S. right now. A month. The majority of those business owners, if you look collectively, are women, people of color, but folks outside of major metropolitan areas. So there are economy drivers, there are innovators, there are employers, and they are, I think, the inspiration of our country. Even with her amazing network and the business skills to match, building a new company is still a huge challenge. There are no easy answers. Things don't go according to plan. And many challenges stay with you, no matter how much success you have. Cash flow is probably what keeps every owner up at night. I actually asked Michael Dell once what stresses you out the most, and he said cash flow. And I was like, oh my God, even when you're a billion dollar company, it's still there. It's not always obvious where entrepreneurs can turn to for support. With Alice, Elizabeth is connecting founders to the capital, communities, and domain expertise they need exactly when they need it. Those resources and networks are powerful, but they don't mean anything if founders don't love themselves enough to take care of themselves too. I think a good night's sleep is the new cocaine. I, I tell you what, if I get eight hours of sleep, I can literally do anything. And, you know, I have a startup, I have two small children, I have a very dynamic husband, very engaged in our community. There's just so much going on. And I find I can handle that balancing act if I rest. And when I don't rest, it just all seems to break apart. So rest has become, particularly in my 40s, something that is just critical to me. And then I exercise a lot, actually. I'm a pretty amped person, and so it's also my time. It's literally my only time alone. So, you know, it's it's both selfishly helps me, but um, my co-founder actually will be like, Elizabeth, you need to go for a run. You're driving me crazy. So, you know, I think those are, those are important. And then every once in a while, my husband and I remind each other that we need to remember to have fun. Be silly. We live in wine country. Take advantage of it. You know, we, we like our jobs. We like to work. But sometimes you'll work much better if you kind of remember to have fun. Elizabeth has spent the better part of two decades helping other people gain access to capital and systems to help their businesses thrive. She's had some help along the way and makes it her business, literally, 
to help others grow their networks. But according to her, there's no secret to it. There's one principle she's relied on to grow her network in a healthy, organic way. Being a do-gooder, I guess. What might be replacing the golf course of connections and networking <laughs> is doing good for the world. Sometimes doing good for the world definitely pays you right back. Author and marketing genius Seth Godin said, if we can fall in love with serving people, creating value, solving problems, building valuable connections and doing work that matters, it makes it far more likely we're going to do important work. Ultimately, the only way value is created is by helping people. Even the most distant and seemingly unprofitable markets can prove to be valuable beyond imagination. If you provide a real solution to a real problem, then there's opportunity. Even if it's an opportunity that other people overlook, everyone needs help when they're building a company. From a supportive spouse and family, to strong co-founders, to an extended network, the resources you need to rely on are all over the map. Along the way, try to help others when you can, and know that it's eventually going to come back to you. Call it karma if you want, or maybe you know that the universe has a way of keeping score. But no matter what you call it, helping others never goes out of style. Give it a try today or this week in your business, and I promise that you'll see results. They might not happen overnight, but they will happen. When you repeatedly help the people around you solve their problems, you might just find that your own problems get solved by that same network. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce Essentials for sponsoring the journey. Our team at The Mission uses Salesforce Essentials every day. Salesforce makes the leading CRM and they created Salesforce Essentials especially for small businesses. It combines sales and service tools in a single app to help you win customers and build your business. It's affordable, it's made for small businesses just like yours, and it includes in-app tutorials so you never get lost. Try it for free today. Visit salesforce.com slash the journey to start your free trial or click the link in our show notes. We love Salesforce Essentials and you will too.